Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. years ago to give my life to him. You know how many people, you know how fortunate you are. Do you ever stop and think how fortunate you are? That there's so many people that the Spirit of God dealt with to come to me, but they rejected him. And they're dead now, and they're in a place of torment at this present time. Sometimes we look at the big things and, and we, we, oh, God, this, this, this. No, 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 no. By the mere fact you said yes. Or you should be rejoicing because, man, I, I, for the mere fact he gave, I just look at me. Now, I wasn't raised up in church when thinking about no church. I wasn't thinking about no nothing, but I, I, I believed in God. And I said to myself one day, uh, uh, I said to myself years ago when I was younger, that uh, I give my life to God when I uh, get about 70, 80 years old. That, 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 if you think about it, how, how, how foolish. I mean, I was um, uh, probably in my early 20s or teens at the time when I was thinking like that. Man, I just wanted to wine and dine and, 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 and um, uh, go to parties. And, and uh, I was kind of responsible uh, uh, for his want to work, and even though I was selling drugs on the side, uh, where work really was a side job. But, but I mean, out of nowhere, God set me up, and I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that he had put me on somebody's heart that didn't know me to start praying for me out of the blue, going to work one day. I was working at uh, St. Anthony's Hospital in St. Petersburg. I was working in the uh, surgical department, and I was uh, my uh, I think my hours like uh, two to ten, I think two to ten, something like that. And um, uh, uh, getting out of my car, my little lab jacket on, but there's another young lady I never met before. She never met me. She used to see me walking, and. The, the, the beauty, the beauty of God, the wisdom of God, how he will set you up, how he will orchestrate circumstances, situations. Even he will put something in your mind. I'm not saved. He puts something in your mind to get you to do a thing, but the thing that you do is going to bring a connection with somebody else that he's going to use to bring you to Christ. <laughs> when I look, when I look back on my life and see how God beautifully orchestrated that thing, it, it was, it was. It was uh, it was an art form. For those of you that don't know my testimony, uh, that's not what I'm shocked about tonight. But oh, uh, I was thinking about the awesomeness of God, how He will set you up. Going to jet work, selling drugs on—that's uh, my front. And then I was working in the surgery department, and then there was an 
opening that came up in the chemistry department. I put in a bid to be transferred to the chemistry department, which was uh, a, group of, a group of uh, departments, uh, cytology, uh, the blood bank, uh, the hematology, and uh, phlebotomy. Uh, I transferred to the phlebotomy department. Uh, a phlebotomist, those that don't know, is the people that draw blood from you. You go to the hospital doctor, uh, they draw blood from you. Uh, if you have a baby, they come and stick the baby and get blood from the baby or uh, anywhere to, uh, uh, in the hospital. So I moved to that department, and the woman that was praying for me uh, that I didn't know was in that department, and she worked in cytology. So when we went and got the blood, we had to take it to cytolo- cytology. Uh, am I saying that right? Cytology. And they would take the blood, and they would uh, break the blood down, spin it, and then and uh, get the report, uh, write a report out of that blood and give it to the doctor so the doctor will, uh, will know exactly uh, how to diagnose their uh, patients. So uh, uh, look at this young lady, met her, and uh, start talking to her, and uh, she invited me. Uh, I think I was in a, some kind of business or something. I forgot. I think my wife' father was in some kind of business, and I was trying to get her to get into this business. Uh, I think it was Amway, matter of fact. He had got an Amway. I got an Amway, and just to do it because that was my uh, girlfriend, daddy at the time. And uh, invited me to her house. And start witnessing to me. Literally, this is what happened. <laughs> I look back, it was so funny how God set set me up. Start witnessing to me. And I was like caught up in a trance. I was mesmerized. And I heard this voice that you better get out of here. And I know it now it's the devil. I said, listen, listen, let me, I'll talk with you, but I, I, I got to go. And I was ducking her. When I had to bring the blood down, I asked one of my uh, colleagues to take the blood in there because I, when I got ready to go, uh, 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 got a, um, a slip to let me go to different uh, hospital, uh, not hospital, but bed, bed, uh, beds or floors or whatever, and uh, get blood from a patient, I would always look out if I get on the elevator. I remember one time I, she was on the elevator, I got on the elevator. And to make a long story short, uh, I think she invited me over to her house one or something and asked me what I'd like to give my life. Should I share with Christ? And I don't know why I said yes. I mean, just just came out of my mouth, yes. And I gave my life to the Lord. And the kind of life I was living, it, it, you, don't, you don't supposed to do that because I don't go to church. I wasn't thinking about no church. And I gave my life to the Lord. And from that day forward, from that day to now, I've been serving the Lord with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then, and that's when hell started breaking out. I, I started experiencing <laughs> hell as soon as I got saved. My life has been a pattern of that. But the reason I'm saying all of this, you that has joined, that joins this, uh, uh, this broadcast, you should be giving God glory, honor, and praise. Because you said yes, and thousands, if not millions, die and never say yes. 
You see how much uh, God loves you and how powerful the grace of God has been in your life. You, you said yes. And we probably have people that has joined our broadcast, and your life was similar to mine or, or, or even worse. Or some of you all were raised up in the church but never had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I am so thankful, so grateful, and so appreciative that God gave me a heart to say yes to Jesus. And, uh, and I thank God for that young lady. Her name was Joyce Mitchell. She, she died a few years ago. And, uh, but that's the best thing that ever happened to me. And then Dr. Brown came into my life a year later. And then there was a divine connection with that. And I was a Seventh-day Adventist. Now, because the young lady that brought me to Christ went to Seventh-day Adventist Church, so I went to a Seventh-day Adventist Church. I just followed the lady. See, that's the difference between me and a lot of folks. I think I got he, – he, he, really, I think it was sports that taught me how to submit to my authority because I definitely wouldn't submit to my uh, – I was, I was a rascal growing up. So I was not a, a submissive young man growing up. I gave my mother and father hell, more my mother than my father because I, when I look back on it, I had to be demon-possessed or something. Uh, how rebellious and man, we got whippings every almost every single day. But seem like that should make you want to obey. So it had to be something wrong with us, <laughs> not just me, but my brothers and sisters. You can always disobey. <laughs> but uh, but I thank God for uh, for sports. That's really kind of helped proper discipline me to submit to the authority, someone that knew more than me. Uh, God allowed that. I uh, mean uh, um, to participate in organized sports and had authorities in my life that I had to submit to and yield to. And I was good at everything I did, but I listened to those that I believe knew more than me. I just, they told me what to do. I did it. I was gifted and talented, um, but they knew how to use my gift and talent. And so I believe that prepared me for uh, the lady that brought me to the Lord. I did what she told me to do. I didn't know anything about God. She knew more about God than I did. And even though some things was an error that I look back on it now, but God knew my heart. And that prepared me for Dr. Brown. And so when uh, I came here and, and submitted myself to him, the different things he would tell me to do, uh, uh, I obeyed. Now, I, I didn't just obey. I struggled because a lot of things just didn't make any sense. But all of that was preparing me for God. It was preparing me for the invisible God. If you if you hear the heart of God tonight, I'm going to share some things in a few minutes here, that your natural relationships is to prepare you for the invisible relationship. Even though it may appear to be negative, if you have the right heart, the right mindset, the right attitude, it's all working out for your good. You don't see it right now, but it's working out for your good. It seems like you've been abused. It seems like you may be being misused, but it's working out for your good. Perfect example is David and Saul. Didn't see David could not see how it was this working out for his good. Matter of fact, in the scripture, he he even made a statement that Saul was going to kill him one day. And he you know he got tired of running from Saul, but it, God was doing something on the inside. Before I got on the broadcast, I was sharing some friends with my daughters, uh, uh, ecstasy and money, and she was uh, ecstasy was sharing some things with me about a young man uh, in her class, and. Um, she believed he was uh, must have got hurt in church because he's kind of bitter about church, and uh, uh, and I was sharing some principles with her, uh, 
uh, when a person is bitter like that, they don't have internal fortification. What causes you to be strong within is uh, uh, your ability to endure pressure and pain, disappointment, to, the ability to endure it. It, it seems like it's a waste. It seems like your life has been destroyed. But if you have the right attitude towards it, it's, it's building you internally. You're becoming strong internally. When a man or woman be able to become strong within, they can handle things without. You can handle a negative spouse, a negative children, a negative boss, or a negative uh, business uh, um, partner. You, you can handle that without allowing it to destroy you. But you don't realize and understand, but it's working out for your good because uh, it's creating something for your future. It's creating something good. It's creating something great. It's creating something awesome. It's creating something powerful that you are not able to discern at this present time. Never despise small beginnings. Never despise the pain that you've gone through. God knew the kind of father, the kind of mother that you was going to have. You said, but mine was so negative. But God knows how to take the negative and turn it around for good. But you got to have the right attitude. You cannot now allow the negative uh, circumstances situation to make you negative. So you got to have internal fortification. Now, I know that you know that we're prophetic in nature, and I know God is ministering to somebody. That's the way it works. So your, 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 great, your best days is ahead of you. Your best days is ahead of you. I'm going to say it again. Your best days is ahead of you. Don't despise. Do not despise the pain that you have experienced. Notice what the scripture even says about Jesus. That Jesus, uh, how does scripture go? Uh, for the joy, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Other words, uh, Jesus endured the cross, all the stuff, the hell that he went through, he despised it. What do you mean? Not despising the, the thing that he went through directly, but he paid no attention to it. He did not allow it to uh, get him upset. He did not allow it to, uh, get, to get him out of character. Why did it, get, it, it didn't get him out of character? Because what was set before him, the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? That he was going to return to his father. That's what kept him going. Returning back to the glory that he had with the father before the foundation of the world. That was his prayer in John 17. So you may have been going through and experiencing great levels of pain, abuse, misuse, people lying on you, people persecuting you, people stealing from you, don't, don't allow it to get you bitter. Do not allow it to destroy your capacity in God, your potential, your greatness. You, you, you have greatness on the inside of you because your Father is great. Your Lord is great. Your Master, your King, Christ Jesus, he is great. And the enemy would try to perpetrate, use the negative experiences that you've gone through to try to block and to destroy your future. Do not allow that to take place because I know sometimes it seems like God don't love you. 
I was sharing with uh, 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 one of the young men uh, today, and uh, 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 he feel like he had a need. He feel like he have a need to tell me what he's going through. He shared this with me. That I just want you. I want to share with you because I want you to understand me. I said, "Why do you feel like it's a need for me to understand you?" And, 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 and these people have been around me for years. I said, "Why do you feel like it is a need for me to understand you?" I said, "God know you. I don't need to know you. What I need to know about you, the Spirit of God will reveal it to me." And what the Spirit of God don't reveal to me, I don't need to know. See, we are so natural. We are so natural in our thinking. And we put such a limitation how great our God is. And we're so religious. And we don't realize we're so religious. The Holy Spirit knows you. The Holy Spirit knows me. He knows us inside and out. But we feel like it is a necessity for us to explain ourselves to people that reveals that we're still we're so liking in our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're so carnal. Paul says in the word of the Lord, 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3, he says, no man knows the mind of a man, say the spirit that's in man. No man knows the mind of a man, see the spirit of a man. So here is a man trying to talk to a man for a man to get to know the man's mind. I don't need to know your mind. You don't have to tell me your mind. The spirit of God or my human spirit can let me know the thoughts that's in your mind. What I need to know, then... I can be able to deal with you according to what is revealed to me. What is not revealed to me, I don't need to know it. If God don't reveal it to me, I ask the person, oh, why do you think God is not revealing it to me? He said, because he wants to do something with me himself. Exactly. I said, we have to come to the place that we seek no human being, but we seek God. And God know how to bring a human being. And when God brings a human being, the human being is only an agent, but God is the one that's speaking. God is the one that is articulating. And we so dependent on earthly relationships where it calls us to forfeit spiritual relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and the Father. But yet we're so religious. And we'll say, well, i got a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How we lie to ourselves because we're self-deceived. We're self-deceived. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is the ultimate. We can never know the Father nor the Son apart from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He searches for all things, yes, even the deep things of God. There is some deep things about you that's in God only the Holy Spirit can reveal. I think I quoted the scripture this morning. I have not seen nor ear heard neither into the heart of men last night. But the things that the Father's prepared for you, for them that love him, where he's revealed them unto us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit. I want to I want to share uh, something with you uh, tonight. I think it's going to help all of us to help you see your responsibility of reclaiming everything, everything that has been stolen, and even what have not been stolen. We have an obligation, responsibility. For the restoration and the, and the claiming thereof. Let's look at some scripture. I want to look at a scripture in Second Corinthians chapter chapter five. Okay, let me see. Get it over here. I want to look read Second Corinthians chapter five. I want you to listen to this to show you my prayer to God that all of us, including me. All of us, that we really would get a revelation of who we are. We would really, really would get a revelation of how awesome God has made us. And that's another reason let us know that how carnal and fleshly we are. The word of God is not a reality to us. That you and I really, really is made in the image and the likeness of God. We really are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But we got to be able to believe that in the midst of hell. This is what I was sharing with the young man today. We were talking about um, uh, uh, he thought it was a necessity for him to share with me what he go through and da-da-da. I said, man, why is it? I, I, I mentioned this to him too. I said, what, why is it that you all think that I don't get bombarded like you all get bombarded. I, I, I said, what make y'all think I don't? I, I said, look at the way you all carry yourself towards me. You all don't think I go through hell like you all go through hell. I said, it's amazing that you, it's, it appeared that you all don't think I get challenges like you get challenged. And I started talking, sharing with him the bombardments that I go through, and especially what I went through a year before last, and uh, all, all, all the hell that I went through. I said, but you never saw me. I said, you never saw me quit, give up. I said, no, I never went to no human being. I never went to any human being. I never discussed the matter with no human being. After the conversation, he made the statement, because my wife kind of made the same statement today, but you different. <laughs> Sometimes I want to laugh at that. I'm different? I mean... I'm just like everybody else. The difference is I just make a decision to believe what he said. Either he's real or he's not real. That's just how I think. Either you're real or you're not real. Either you're God or you're not God. If you're not real, if you're not God, then let me leave you alone. Let me quit doing what I'm doing. Let me go back into the world. Let me get me some drugs. Let me start selling them again. Make me a whole lot of money. And die and go to hell. I said, but I believe he's real. I said, I don't feel him all the time. I don't sense him all the time. I don't perceive him all the time. But that's the time you got to hang in there and believe that he is and he can't lie. That's the time you got to hang in there and believe that he will never forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the word of God says. I don't feel him. I don't sense him. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like praying all the time. I don't feel like reading my Bible. See, I, I, I'm, I get challenged just like you. See, a lot of people probably say, what? Uh, yes, 
I said, but you never seen me quit. I said, you'll never get, get, see me give up. You have never heard me complain. You have never heard me murmur. I said, I get, I get bombarded just like every other person and most likely more than you because I'm a leader. I'm a leader of people. I'm a leader of people. So every leader is going to get bombarded and challenged greater than another person that's not a leader. I said, but we can learn something. And it's not me. It's the grace of God that I yield to the same grace of when I first got saved and said yes when it didn't make any sense for me to give my life to the Lord because nobody in my household went to church. And nobody I hung out with went to church. Well, Kathy did go to church. But she really wasn't saved, but I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know what salvation was. So uh, uh, that's not, I, I don't supposed to be saved. And I was sharing with my daughters. I said, if I did not allow God to develop me internally, I said, can you imagine where you all would be? I said, you all probably be with your mama. Because that's, that's the, how this world operates. The man is the quitter. The man is the one that, that's the runner and lead the, 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 the female with the children and all the responsibilities. That's how this world operates, and that's how the majority of families is. If, if I wasn't developed internally, if God did not fortify me internally, I said, you all wouldn't be here. And you'd probably be with your mama somewhere in some kind of apartment or back, back, back in St. Petersburg living with your uh uh, your aunt or somebody. And I said, so the things that we, we go through is the, the designed to develop us internally. So we can't quit on God. That's We, we got to love him. We got to love him more than life, love him more than any man, woman, boy, and girl, and willing to die. So that's, I ended my conversation with the young man. You got to be willing to die to hold on, to believe to trust him. Have you come to that place that you're willing to die than to quit on Jesus? What does it take to get you to move from Jesus? For him not to come through and pay your light bill? Give, provide money for you to pay your light bill? For him not to come through to save your spouse? Or your, what, what, what would it take for you to quit and give up on him? I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit as a husband. I refuse to quit as a father. I refuse to quit as a businessman. I refuse to quit as a pastor. I refuse to quit because I believe the grace of God will sustain me. Paul said, when I'm weak, then I am strong. And my God, have I not been weak to experience his strength? The only reason I'm standing today is because I acknowledged my weakness and became weak, just like Paul. And what you see standing and what you hear uh, on this broadcast is grace and grace only. Have nothing to do with how how strong I am. If there is strength, it is his because I've made a decision to become weak so he can become strong in me. I stand because of grace and grace only. And you cannot have grace without having faith in him. 
It's your faith in him that provides the grace. The grace is the ability of God to obey God, to accomplish the will of God. If there is no faith, there is no grace. They work hand in hand. That's how salvation comes, our deliverance comes. Faith, then grace comes. Faith in, grace comes. And you and I cannot separate it. Let's read the scripture, if you will. And I pray that you receive that, because I know prophetically the Lord has spoken to you tonight. Now, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Listen to this, if you will. Number 15. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, and he died for all. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Let's break this down. I'm going to continue to read here. For he died for all. He died for how many? Oh, let, let me read verse 14 and come down to 15 because I see something in 14. 14 kind of really explains that. 14 says, for the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. What should control? What should urge? What should impel us? The love of Christ. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Now it says, if one died for all, so my question would be to you, did Jesus die for all? Well, according to the word, he didn't die for the church. He died for all humanity. He died for who? All humanity. So it says, if one if one died for all, then all died. How many died? All. So because Jesus died for all, then every person on this earth then died. Because he died for all, then all died. That means every person that is born in this world the baby that was born today, that baby Jesus died for. So that baby is born into death. God see that baby born into death. All died. If he died, one died for all, then all is dead. Don't you keep that in mind, if you will. Verse 15. For he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. Why? Because if you live to yourself, and if you live for yourself, you're living to and living for something that is dead. Because he died for all, then all is dead. So if I live to and if I live for, I'm living to and for, from God's perspective, 
something that is dead. I need you to hang in there. You got to get this. But to and for him, no, 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 no. Let me let me read again. Start from verse fifteen again. For he died for all, so that all those who live might no longer live to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. He died for our sake and was raised again for our sake. So I'm not to live to myself. I am not to live for myself, but I'm to live to him who died, which is Christ, and live for him who died, which is Christ, and was raised again for my sake. Now, this is beautiful. If one died for all, then all died. So if he died for all, and all is dead, and he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. Now, let me ask you a question. This is going to help us understand some beautiful things about this salvation thing and how powerful and awesome you are. Satan then, if the Bible says we're no longer to live for to ourselves and for ourselves, what you think Satan's goal is to do? To manipulate us to live to ourselves and to live for ourselves. Why? Because if one died for all, then all died. That means the moment I live for myself and the moment I live to myself, I will automatically experience death because I'm living to something that is death. I'm living for something that is death. And so if I live to death and live for death, then what's going to happen? I will experience death. Can you see the manipulation? But I must cease to live to myself and to live for myself, but I am to live for him. I had a great conversation with my wife today. And I was sharing some principles with her how I can see the times that when I miss God uh, uh, with her, I miss God because my focus is on her. So if my focus is on her, my focus is on something that is dead. And it, when I focus on her, something that is dead, and not so much she's dead, but the thing that she do is dead, or the things that she said is dead, then I die because I allow it to affect me because I focus on a dead thing. Uh, the Bible calls it the Bible calls it dead works. She did a dead deed. She said a dead thing, and I allow the dead deed and the dead thing that was articulated move me. And by me yielding to that, then I die. Are you getting this? This is beautiful. I see I have a, um, let me see if I have anybody in chat. No, anybody in chat, but I have someone. I have a question tonight. Okay. You're on the air. What is your question? 
Do you have a question? Or do you press the number one button by mistake, 786-262? You're on the air. Okay. Evidently, they must have pressed the button by mistake. Let's move on. Okay. Now, let's, let's break this thing down. Are you getting this? That's what the devil desired to do. He desired to manipulate you and I, to draw us from life to death. Because according to the mind of God, everything that is not Christ is dead. Because he died once uh, for all. Then all, then according to the scripture, is dead. Then if that thing is not brought to Christ, is still dead. Everything is dead outside of Christ. If it's not in Christ, it is dead. I don't care what it is. Now, let's make it practical. Just say you buy a home. You buy a home. He said he died for all, then all dead. Then everything dies in Christ. Then everything has to be made alive in Christ. So can you buy a home and don't dedicate that home to Christ? Then that Christ, that home is not a home of life. It's a home of death. He died for all. Then all is dead. Not just people. Everything is dead. Why? Because if you read the book of Colossians, it talks about how it pleased the Father to restore all things in Christ. Not some things. All things in Christ and to make him the head of all things, even to the church. Now, let's, 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 let's move on. It's beautiful. Verse 16. Consequently, from now on, we estimate... Excuse me. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Interesting. That's beautiful. Now, what is this saying? This is saying that those that knew Christ from a human point of view no longer knows him from a human point of view. For those that knew him from a human point of view, they only knew him from his natural birth, from his death on the cross, and from that point when he rose again, they could never, ever view him and see him from a human point of view. Are you getting this? Why? Because Jesus delivered all humanity from a human point of view. Even though, you say, but but people still 
living from a human point of view? Yes, because they are dead. He died once, and he died for uh, died uh, uh, died for all. Let me see. I'm dead. Uh, Christ once died for all, then all is dead. So therefore, we cannot know anyone from a human point of view. If we do, we are dealing with death. We are dealing with a dead man. We are dealing with a dead man. Uh huh. From a human point of view. That's why you will not have to be born again. John 3 says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So if you're going to continue to view people from a human point of view, you have to view them as dead men and dead women. So we don't even view Christ from a natural point of view anymore, Scripture says here. Let's read it again. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a, puny, a pure, purely human point of view. No one, it says. We re estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. Because all is died and all is dead. Because Christ died for all, excuse me, then all is dead. In terms of natural uh, standards of value, no, no, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have no such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Verse 17, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. If he's not engrafted in Christ, then he is not a new creation. He's dead. He's a natural person. He is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. It's dead. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. You know why it's so difficult for a lot of us to become spiritual? Because we still cater. We cater more to our natural than our spiritual. Let me give you an example. How many of you all, and you might as well be honest, because the Lord knows all of us, how many of you all value your natural birthday over your spiritual birthday? Wow. Why are you valuing what God considered dead? That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Consequence from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. But you value your natural birthday over your spiritual birthday. What do I reveal? That is still natural, more natural than your spiritual. It's amazing, isn't it? If somebody forgets your birthday, you're going to have a tantrum. You're going to be upset. You're going to be angry. How could you forget my birthday? I remember years ago, 
I was in my early, uh, I was in early, maybe my mid late twenties. I was in London. I wasn't married at the time, and um, I was ministering at this church that had a Bible school. And uh, one of the elders came to me and asked me how old was I. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I looked like I was 16 back then. And um, I said, why do you ask, sir? He said, you seem like such a young man, but you have the wisdom of a 70-year-old man. How old are you? I said, well, there is no beginning nor ending of days with me. And the guy looked at me and said, seriously, hold up. I'm serious, sir. There is no beginning or ending of days with me. I said, I don't focus, I don't uh, uh, acknowledge my chronological age because there is no beginning or ending of days. There is no age with me. (laughs) I knew I messed his head up. And speaking like that, 20-some years old, he probably said, where does this man come from? But I made the decision that I was going to acknowledge me being born again. So if you're born again, you have eternal life. The moment you receive Christ, your life changed. That means you acknowledge that you're eternal. That means you acknowledge before the world was, you was. You say, wait, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, preacher. Where in the world is you getting this stuff from? That don't make any sense. Why doesn't it make any sense? Where do you come from? I come from the earth. No, you don't. Your body came from the earth, and according to what I just read, God don't even acknowledge that part of you. Because once Jesus died, he died for all, and all died. That part of you, he don't even acknowledge. He don't acknowledge what came out of your mama's womb. Period. He acknowledges what comes out of the womb of the Spirit. He acknowledged the real you, not what came out of your mother's womb, not what was fashioned from the dirt, the earth. He don't acknowledge that. So he acknowledged what comes from him. Is there any beginning or ending of days with God? Absolutely not. You were born again how? According to John chapter 3. You're born again of what? The Spirit. Is there any beginning or ending of time with the Spirit? Absolutely not. You say, well, how in the world could I be eternal? I was born in 1971. I was born in 1981. I was born in 1991. I was born in 2001. No. You came into this realm. At 1971, 81, 
91, 2001. But you was with the Father. Your life, your life comes from the Father. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion and efficiency to follow there and over every creeping that creepeth upon the face of the earth. The Bible said Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Are, are you getting this? Who did God breathe, in, uh, uh, breathe into his uh, nostril and they became uh, a living soul? Was it any animals? No. Humanity. Humanity. And I know it's probably hard for some of y'all to, to get this, but to pay no attention to it. It doesn't matter when it comes down to your salvation. The most important thing that matters is do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He died on Calvary's cross for the remission of your sin. He was buried and stayed in the earth for three days, rose the third day, sent it on high, now sits at the right hand of the Father. That must become a reality. That must become a reality. So let's go on, if you will. So you have to be, according to this, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. Now, this is what I really want to bring out. I don't have much time left. But I want to look at the next two verses. I want you to look at this right here. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. The Bible says, behold, all things, the old things that pass away, behold, all things is new. From God's perspective, your natural man even though it exists, it don't exist. It have no value because from God's but it's dead. It's dead. God have nothing to do with it, and they have nothing to do with God. It's dead. So all things, all things that pass away, behold, all things become new. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. What is the responsibility of a new creation? Let's look at it, if you will, verse 18. But all things are from God. All things are from God. How many things? All things are from God. Who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed, probably have to put emphasis on deed because everybody liked the word but not deed, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with himself. Let's look at this. Let's break this down. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things has become new. And the new has been reconciled to God. We have been received into favor, and we have been brought into harmony with himself. God was in Christ, reconciling us. That means if you are a new creation and you acknowledge your new creation and not the old, 
But a lot of us put, still put more attention, attention, give more attention to the old and not the new. The new, the born again you. According to this right here, that you and I, we have been reconciled. God reconciled us through Christ to himself. He has received us into favor. Received us into what? Favor. You have been received. Not going to be received. You have been received into favor. And you have been received into harmony with the Father. Then if this be true, then I must acknowledge that. Confess that. And walk in that. Then you need to decree and declare that you are a person of favor. You don't have to pray for favor. According to this scripture here, you have been reconciled into favor. Then go ahead and decree and declare, I am a person that is in favor with God. And I actually raise you, God and man. I am a person that has been reconciled into harmony with God, reconciled into favor with God. I don't look for favor. Favor is on me and favor is in me and I am in favor. I am in favor. Favor is in me. I have been reconciled into favor with God. I am in favor with God now. My marriage is in favor with God now. I've been reconciled into favor. My spouse has been reconciled in favor. My children has been reconciled into favor. My congregation, the church that I'm responsible for, has been reconciled into favor. My assigned region has been reconciled into favor. I decree and declare that my community is reconciled into favor and in harmony with the Most High God. I call my spouse reconciled in harmony with the Most High God. I call my children reconciled in harmony and in favor with the Most High God. Now, that's what the Bible says. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to speak what God has spoken, or are you going to speak what you see and what you're experiencing? You are a man of favor. You are a woman of favor. You've been reconciled into favor. See, the, the reason the devil manipulates us, because he, 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 he knows the scripture. My people destroy for lack of knowledge. You have, you was born into favor. The moment you was born again, you, you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, you got to understand something. The moment you did that, you were instantly brought into favor and brought into harmony with God. Your, that which is considered dead is what fights you. Jesus died for all, then all is dead. He died for all, then all is dead. Then this humanity is dead. It doesn't mean it don't exist. It means it is disconnected from God. God will have nothing to do with the flesh. Nothing to do with the flesh. But the flesh have no, no value to it. No spiritual value at all. So it's dead. So then all is dead. Since Jesus died for all, then all is dead. But the moment you Jesus come to your life, ladies and gentlemen, from God's perspective, <laughs> the favor of God, you, you don't have to pray for favor. You already, you've been reconciled into favor. And when we begin to pray for favor, it's a revelation that we don't know that we're already favored. <laughs> God help us. 
you're already favored. Go ahead and say, I am favored. And we like to say, I'm highly favored, and you, which you really are. You're highly favored. And not only you're highly favored, but you are in harmony with God. Then begin to say that I walk in harmony with God. To walk in harmony with God, that means you have to, you have, to have the mind of God. You're going to say, I have the mind of God, because the Bible let us know that we have the mind of Christ. You have it right now. You have it right now. Confess it. Don't ask God for it. Confess it. I have the mind of Christ, which is the mind of God. I am a person of favor. I am a person of favor. When you begin to believe in the Bible, that all things are possible to them that believe, then either we believe the word or we don't believe the word. Do you believe the word that you're a person of favor? You say, sure, don't act like it. Know why? Because the Bible let us know as a man thinketh in his heart, so is the man. You have not seen yourself as a person of favor. Because you know what favor is. You look at favor as, uh, as looking at comparing yourself with everybody else. This person got a nice house. This person got a nice car. This person got this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, God, show favor them. That's not favor because he got a nice house. Somebody just uh, believed the word of God that if they pay their tithe, give their offering, that, the, uh, and, uh, uh, that God will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. They just applied the principle, and the principle was working for them. You do the same thing to work for you. There's a day and a season that everybody has, and this is your season. This is your season. I'm going to say it again. This is your season. So even though you're in favor, you still got to do the right thing, ladies and gentlemen. This is your due season set time. This is your due season set time, and nobody's going to be able to block and stop the manifestation of what God has for you. God has set an open door before you. Now he's given you another minute of reconciliation. He's given you another ministry of reconciliation. We've been reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Now, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ. Christ is in us now. Now, begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your family members, your household, reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your community is reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. The heavens above you is reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. The earth beneath you is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your body is reconciled in harmony and favor with God. That which was dead under the instrument of Satan, that's under the instrument of God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare that your congregation is reconciled in harmony and favor with God. Begin to speak, decree, declare your business is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. You have a ministry of reconciliation. Begin to bring everything in harmony. Begin to bring everything in favor with the Creator God or with the Lord Jesus Christ. God was in Christ, reconciling us unto himself. It is Christ in us now, reconciling men to him, which is reconciled to the Father. You have the ministry. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your job, your business is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your boss on your job is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Begin to speak, decree, and declare. Your peers on your job is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Begin to speak and decree and declare that your mind is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Your brain is reconciled in harmony and favor with the Most High God. Begin to speak it, begin to decree it, begin to declare it to be so. And who's responsible for bringing it to pass? The one that reconciled you in harmony and favor. You got to believe it, speak it, and his, his, it is his responsibility to perform it. 
begin to speak that your family, your family, your spouse, your children is reconciled in harmony, in the favor with the Most High God. And watch God begin to move by his spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. As a matter of fact, I'm passing maybe about a few seconds past. I pray that you have received something from the Lord tonight. I pray that this broadcast was a blessing to you. And I pray that it challenged you. And I pray that it challenged you from the perspective that calls you to begin to rethink some things about yourself and begin to see yourself the way the Father sees you and begin to think the way the Father uh, desires for you to think and speak the way that the Father desires you to speak about yourself, about yourself. Either you're going to identify yourself with your flesh or you're going to identify yourself with the new creation. Walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This has been your host, Dr. E. J. McKenzie. Wait, 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 wait. Forgot about the prayer line. Don't forget to be with us in the morning. Call your family and friends to be with us in the morning. Uh, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, those of you, for your first time, um, by chat, uh, by way of, uh, uh, not chat, you know, chat block, uh, yeah, chat and uh, online with us tonight. Uh, the number is 712-432-3900, 712-432-3900. The code is 287381-POUND, 287381-POUND. If you'd like to go back and pray with us from this morning and uh, yesterday morning, uh, the playback number is 712-432-3903, 712-432-3903. And uh, the same code, 287381-POUND. You have to go to our website for the reference number, and the website number is uh, uh, address is ejmpcc.com. Ejmpcc.com. You can go click the prayer link, and you should, should be able to see the reference number for this morning prayer and yesterday prayer. Come pray with us, battle with us, and extend the kingdom of God with us. Love you. Thank God for you. Appreciate you. I ask and I do solicit your prayers. I pray uh, that you don't get on here and expect to receive everything from me. Pray for me. I solicit your prayers. I really do. Pray for me. And I would really would appreciate your prayers. I do solicit them that you'll cover me and you'll pray God's protection around me, my family, and my destiny. I do that for you every day. Every day I pray for you. I have a ready audience, and I pray God's best for you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. Let your sleep be sweet. Let your dreams and your visions be induced by the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. God bless you. And those of you that's panorama tomorrow, to end, uh, we end up a fast tomorrow. And I pray that God is doing great things with you in your fast. I pray that your flesh has been dismantled. I pray that your flesh has been challenged and you are submitted to the Spirit of God to allow it to die. Amen. So you can experience the life of Christ and the life of the Spirit of God. God bless you. Mm-hmm.